The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotorol Football Show. I am Patrick Darty, joined today by Denny Carter, Kyle Dvorak, and Patrick Crane. Some of you may be wondering what Crane is doing here. Others of you may have no idea what I am referencing. In case you did not see the sad news, Patrick Crane is moving on to his own gig. Legendary upside. We were supposed to do your farewell show last week, uh, but you forgot you were going skiing. Um, how are you doing, Pat? <laughs> That is correct. I uh, I thought I was leaving on Friday to go skiing. Uh, it turns out I was leaving Thursday morning. Missed the show. Here I am. It's a makeup show now. The makeup show occurring after I no longer work for NBC. So you uh, owed NBC another show. Or I was say, these are these are non-billable hours. Yeah. This is pro bono work from Pat. This is pro bono from from me. That's that's true. Not according to the lawyers. If you there was going to be a lawsuit <laughs> if we didn't get one final show out of you. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. Yeah, so I mean, tell us real quick about what you're going to do, man. Because uh, not, you know, we're a uh, huge, huge, huge member of the team here, and we're really going to miss you. But we're going to continue reading you. What have you got in the pipe? Now I'm going to miss you guys too. Miss the pod. Um, the site that I'm launching is called legendaryupside.com. Uh, it's going to be a newsletter, uh, and also have like a audio newsletter component where if you sign up. Um, for the full access subscription, then you'll get like uh, an RSS feed where you get the articles. I narrate the articles as well. So it's kind of like a double-sided written newsletter plus audio newsletter. Um, and yeah, you can check it out. I got information on my Twitter about pricing and everything um, and, a, and a thread on kind of what kind of content. There's some content already out there on the rookie wide receivers and on Tony Pollard post Zeke release. So, you know, if you're familiar with my stuff at, at NBC, you'll it'll, it'll be in that vein. I'm not familiar with it, but uh, <laughs> I might check it out now. Uh, I love I love the name. I love the legendary upside name. That, that's that's after the uh, the preseason series you did on running backs, right? That's right. Yeah, the idea that you know these the running backs to be drafted in the early rounds, they should have the level of upside that can actually win you a lot of money in the final week of a season, uh, much like Austin Eckler. <laughs> this is so. This is so. Hey, Austin Eckler, we have Austin Eckler to thank for you no longer being here. Thanks, for thanks, being honest, he is, he is directly responsible <laughs> in many ways. Uh, just for being honest, this is this is so tilting because it's so good. Uh, Pat, how would you say if you had to put in a logo, abbreviate legendary upside? 
Correct. Are you, are you, you're asking me. Oh, okay. Well, no. I thought you yeah. were you're asking Pat what he would do because what yeah, I did do too. is I. No. <laughs> the answer is better than anything I like any of us could have ever come up with, other than you, Karine. It's so good. Leg up. Legendary <laughs> upside. Leg up. It just it it fits. Like it clicks. Uh, puzzle pieces in my brain that really tickle me. <laughs> Denny, Denny Carter, what do you have to say to our traitorous friend, um, Pat Crane? Uh, furious that he'll no longer be with us. No, I mean, uh, I, I am, I'm, I'm happy for you, Pat. Uh, I will say that I will be reading all of the words that you read on on your new site. I've already signed up. I don't know if you if you saw, but uh, as, as soon as I saw the link, I said, "I'm signing up, folks." Uh, so, problem lawyers flagging that one. I believe I copied Denny, so I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, good. you're good. Like, so, so yeah, no, and and I would suggest all of our listeners uh, uh, do the same. I, we are acknowledging that there is fantasy football content outside of our little NBC. Well, this is the second one. Just we were the this first site, though. Yes, just this yes. one. Right. Well, it's really cool to see the industry grow from one site to now two. Something <laughs> now that I thought was a really big plus from this. Uh, I got to be honest. Everyone seems really happy for Pat. No one said anything to me about Mizzou winning our first NCAA tournament <laughs> game in 4,700 days. Uh, sorry, man. I, We're uh, really we, proud of this round of 32 exit you're about to cop. For, hey, come oh. on, man. <laughs> God. It is true. Well, we were horribly underseeded. We should not be a seven seed. Now we got to play friggin' Arizona in the second round. No offense to Princeton. Actually, a lot of offense to Princeton. But wait, wait a second. If I'm if I'm to understand this correctly, that the modern NCAA tournament, anybody can beat anybody, right? Well, um, no, unless you're UVA. Then, <laughs> I was yes. gonna say that. Yeah. <laughs> if you're University no. of Virginia. Yes. No, what, what, um, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, there are no powerhouses. There's just a bunch of mid-teams. Well, this year, there, there's a lack of clarity at the top, Craig Dennis Carter. Uh, oh, Denny, Denny, I'm going to put you on the spot. Did Maryland win? Yeah, I, yeah, they did. <laughs> and, and, I, and I'm mad about it because I'm in, I'm in a, a bracket tournament with a bunch of Maryland truthers, right? And they all have Maryland going to the Elite Eight and Final Four, all this nonsense, right? So I'm like, I'm going in. I'm I'm going in on West Virginia. And by the way, folks, I graduated from the University of Maryland. Hey, Denny, rather than rooting for his alma mater, try to get leverage. Try to get leverage <laughs> on my mother-in-law. And it didn't work. <laughs> we have just demented, demented minds in this industry. Um, so yeah, Pat Crane's farewell show and a lot to talk about. A real busy week in free agency. Even though it's the weakest free agency class in years, Still a lot of really, really impactful fantasy moves. Denny and I talked about the DJ Moore, Justin Fields situation in the Bears trade on Monday. We talked about Jimmy Garoppolo on Monday. Not a whole lot else had happened as of Monday afternoon. That has changed as of Thursday afternoon. We're going to begin with Miles Sanders to the Panthers. Four years, surprisingly rich deal, in my opinion, yeah. $25 million for Miles Sanders. A guy I kind of thought would get caught on the outside looking in. I mean, what do we even say about this move? I mean, I, Frank Reich has had some pretty good running games. I think it's probably a good sign that Frank Reich was like, comfortable with Miles Sanders. But, I mean, what is the upside for Miles Sanders when he's coming from, like, you know, the best rushing offense in the NFL? Uh, he did get 11 rushing touchdowns last year. Who wants to take the lead on what Miles Sanders ending up in Carolina means? Well, I will say that that uh, ESPN's Mike Clay <clears> – <throat> Had a very interesting stat that that caught me off guard almost uh, when Sanders signed with Carolina, which is that uh, since the start of the 2019 season, among running backs with at least 400 carries, Sanders ranks first in EPA per rush. Now you you can credit 
the the fantastic Philadelphia offensive line. I, I I get that the Panthers offensive line, not as good, not bad, but but not as good as the Eagles. Uh, but I, I, I if he can translate some of that efficiency, and you know maybe hey get a few targets, which he never did uh, in uh, in Philadelphia, uh, could be could be interesting. I'm not I'm not dismissing him as as a uh, as a trap back or uh, or or a dead zone guy. I think I, I do have some interest in him in Carolina. I mean, or worse, I, I was worried he's gonna be one of those guys that ended up somewhere. It was just like a total dead end. And what you kind of said, he didn't end up in a total dead end, at least. Yeah. Um, but I mean, on the other hand, is it good that we still now have to be interested in Miles Sanders? He was someone I frankly kind of wanted to move on from in fantasy. <laughs> Who's got a second Miles Miles Sanders take? I think the issue is the receiving because, you know, he was among running backs with 20 plus targets last year. He was dead last in yards per out run. Um, and he doesn't write well in ESPN's. Um, receiver metric among running backs. Uh, he's passed. He's he's not in the top fifty since entering the league. Uh, that's not like the biggest deal in the world. Uh, you know, some guys like Saquon Barkley, Ramondre Stevenson, who see a lot of targets, don't rate particularly well in that metric. But it's not like Sanders is going to, you know, force the issue in terms of getting checkdown type of targets. So if they if they end up taking C.J. Stroud, you know, maybe that's helpful. For him, but you know, Stroud, I think, could run more than he did at Ohio State. So, I, not that he's like ultra mobile, but I don't know if he's going to be checking down a ton uh, to Sanders. And he might not even be out there on third downs. That could be Chuba Hubbard, who, who I think played pretty well last year. So, my guess is it's kind of a similar situation. He's an early down rusher, but in a much less potent offense. So, I mean, to me, it's kind of like, where would you have drafted Deontay Foreman if they gave him? this same contract because that's where I think that's kind of what he's going to be. I think. And Kyle, do you have anything to say on Miles? Deontay Foreman to me is one of the underrated names of free agency, by the way, really, really popped in the advanced metrics last year. The Panthers clearly think it was just a product of their really good run blocking down the stretch. And apparently the rest of the league thinks that too. So Deontay Foreman, an interesting name that's still out there, but are we, any any division on Sanders or mostly echoing what Crane and Denny said, Kyle? Yeah, I think we'll get a lot of the, oh, well, he can score more touchdowns, right? But, like, the Eagles' offense was so good last year that despite them having, like, the most used red zone quarterback in the past 20-some-odd years in Jalen Hurts, we still at least got a lot of carries inside the 20. In fact, the fourth most in the NFL for Miles Sanders. So it's not like he was completely shut out of scoring opportunities. The closer they got to the goal line, admittedly, that became more and more the cut for Jalen Hurts. But it's not like they didn't use him in the red zone. It's just that his percentage was lower than we'd expect because they had such a good rushing quarterback. But the overall pot was massive. Eagles were one of the best offenses in the NFL, and they ran really well and often in the red zone. So sure, his cut of the pie in terms of red zone scoring opportunities is going to be significantly larger in Carolina. That pie is going to be so much smaller. You are really hoping that the offense picks up, not this coming year, but like the next year and the year after that. And even then, like it will get better and better. And it still won't reach the level of the Eagles because the Eagles were incredible last year. So I think he's like a fine running back going to a significantly worse situation. The best thing he can hang his hat on is maybe as probably not as many scoring opportunities, frankly. So I think for him, it's awesome that he got a four year deal in, in a market right now that is just punishing for how did he, he came off your deal that's 
I mean, I think it was like probably the best running back in the class. Uh, he was, especially he was. Like, I don't. I think I I'd really, rather have Penny, man. I would rather have. Well, Penny, I mean, you'd rather have Penny. I, I totally if, understand. If we're turning off injuries on Madden. You'd rather yeah. have. Penny. <laughs> but it, I, I mean, like, don't you want the guy who, on his best day, is like clearly better? Because running yes, back, but yeah. you also want the guy so. who, on his average day, is still is on, on the, the field. football field. Yeah. yeah. No, and I don't, because I, I, I can play Boston Scott on those days. So I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're. I think we don't hurt. think like. Yeah, we don't like. We don't like the NFL does though. Like, well, of course, like Crane's all in on the legendary upside of Rashad yeah, Penny. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we will. I think it sounds like both Crane and I will get to uh, gushing about the Rashad Penny sign for what they got him at. Is crazy. Like you shouldn't be able to get a player of his talent, even if his talent only appears six times a season or whatever, in terms of the amount of games he plays. Uh, but looking at it from the NFL's perspective, he was clearly the top running back in this free agency class. So I get why they, I, I get why he got more money than anyone else over four years. I'm happy for him. I just think from a fantasy perspective, this is not going to be that interesting. I don't think he's going to score as many times. Yeah. Like Kareem said, he's not the type of pass catcher that is going to force the issue. They will have no problem taking him out on third downs if that's what they choose to do. I'm probably not going to be interested in him. I mean, it was going to be worse even if he stayed in Philadelphia because I mean, the Eagles are going to be regressing off of how many ever. They scored a ludicrous amount of rushing touchdowns last year. So it would have been regressing even in Philadelphia. Uh, it's going to be regressing on the team with a rookie quarterback. Um, so, But it could have been a lot worse for Miles Sanders. He'll be a really interesting ADP case because he's going to be someone people are going to be looking for reasons not to draft. Right. To the point where maybe his ADP can get to – you can create reasons to draft him. That, that's that's sort of what I'm I guess what I'm hoping for what I'm projecting here is that people will say ah oh, you know go into a much worse situation he got lucky with the touchdowns not involved in the passing game this and that so I'm I'm good I can see myself the way I construct teams I can see myself dabbling with some Miles Sanders maybe getting uh, a little Denny little will have you know full exposure to Miles Sanders because <laughs> he'll no be my RB one on every single time <laughs> I'm seeing an ADP of 93 right now where do you think he settles. You guys, and you you like him there. I would like him at ninety three. I think he'll go higher than ninety three. Now that he has a team, I think people probably thought he was going to end up with a bad organization. I mean, I guess maybe he did. But like, <laughs> <laughs> who coach? The Panthers bad, don't count. Who does? A bad org, good coach. No, no, and the, the Panthers are on on the right track. Finally, they really are. I, 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 they, I think <laughs> Panthers should be the odds yeah, on favorite. If they to trade win down the again. Panel. Which I think there's no way that's actually true. That would be all time. I, I, I the only way the trade down makes sense not to derail us is that they everyone kind of assumes the Texans like Bryce Young and they're like, oh, maybe we could recoup a third round pick or whatever. They're not trading yeah. down. This is garbage. No, 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 no that's down. not that's not happening. But I, I think Frank Reich likes his running backs. Okay, uh, the the team that it's a good offensive staff. There's going to be an upgrade at quarterback. Last year, that offensive line in, in the in the second half of the season, I'm not sure how intact they're, they're going to remain going into 2023, but that offensive line was just crushing teams. Like Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard yeah, were running rush. Crazy. I wish we could go back in time to like 2011, 2012, and then we get the this is the Frank Reich found his next Jonathan Taylor, and we can <laughs> and we could just take zero Miles Sanders in the second round. But uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think in the seventh yeah. or eighth round, I, he seems fine. So he's going in the eighth round right now. I get the feeling it's going to creep up, probably like the sixth or something, just because he ha- he's going to clearly have the two probably, down. Yeah. yeah, you think of the sixth? Yeah, I'd be out of the sixth I, round. I do think the ADP will probably creep up because he's going to be the clear lead back. Yeah. Probably I, I'm probably not taking where he's going right now, frankly. 
So we all seem pretty in agreement on Miles Sanders. Just that, and obviously, it's a downgrade. Get the feeling you guys might be more divergent on David Montgomery. Three-year deal with the Lions. We kind of just don't know now what this backfield's going to be like, where it was very simple with Jamal Williams, even though it was frustrating. He was the two-down grinder. He used to be a pass catcher. He had been phased out of the pass catching game, though. He was the goal line finisher. DeAndre Swift was the guy who got the fun touches out in space and set, yet somehow did not really create fun and fantasy. Whereas I feel like David Montgomery is probably best utilized as a pass catcher at this point. To me, a very replacement level early down runner. And Jamal Williams was too. Do you think he's just going to slide into the Jamal Williams role, quote unquote? Or is it this more nebulous thing where both guys are kind of seeing playing time on all three downs? I mean, it's like you already had Justin Jackson, so why do you need David Montgomery? (laughs) Well, you know why? Nation is (laughs) is rolling in their graves. If I could be a uh, if I could be a real football guy for just a second, Montgomery Montgomery is a team first guy. Okay, he's playing special teams in training camp. He's blocking. Okay, like he's and he's showing the rookies how how to block after practice. Coaches love David Montgomery, and you know who is a coach who loves tough team first guys dan campbell okay and so it doesn't matter that david montgomery is not good it doesn't that doesn't matter he's going to see a, a lot of work here 55 percent of the rushing attempts from last year are cleared out now that jamal williams is out of out of detroit montgomery could get all of that like like they they're not going to give deandre swift a, a real workload. They're, they've made that clear. So I don't. I don't like Montgomery as a player. There's no argument for him being good. It doesn't matter. That's my. Well, Crane. I'll so I'll throw this specific question to you because I feel like the answers to this would be all over the map. Is this good or bad for DeAndre Swift? I think it's definitely bad. You know, you've got a guy in Montgomery who he's sort of like maybe he's like a like a better version of Ceh. You know, where he like he does everything. It's definitely a better version yeah. of Ceh, but he he's like it. jack of all trades, master, absolute, not even like apprentice of none. He is yeah, low apprentice level of none. grunt yeah. work <laughs> of none, but he can kind of do everything to a level that coaches find acceptable. Right, exactly, and that's not good, right? Because that means he can mm-hmm. be on the field on receiving downs. Yeah. You know, he can be stealing goal line work. So with Swift, you at least like in theory had the potential for him to be kind of mixing in more as the receiving back than he did last year because there was this weird Justin Jackson, you know, 20% of the snaps kind of thing where he, you know, that part of the pie could have gone back to Swift again, in theory, no guarantee that that happened because Jamal Williams was so clearly just kind of the early down short yardage guy. Now I'm, I think the floor for Swift is, is lower. Maybe the ceiling's higher because Jamal Williams is probably better than David Montgomery at short yardage. But it's still, I think, on the whole, not a, it's probably a downgrade for Swift. On the yeah, Crane, I think you hit at the very heart of the frustrating matter where I think the floor has gone lower. The ceiling has gone higher, I think, but it's just going to be like totally confusing. And something that might not be borne out when week one gets here either, it could take the Lions like a few games to figure it out in real time. I think it could be one of those situations where it's going to be a very, very unpredictable ADP situation. And you could be getting with either player, you could be getting a huge steal or like it's like an immediate albatross, depending on what round you got them in. I think it's going to be, unless clarity, clear patterns emerge during camp, I just don't think it's the most likely outcome. I think it's going to take them a while to figure out how they want to use these guys. Another guy I would compare Montgomery to kind of as an archetype is Leonard Fournette, 
where he's not another guy who's not really that good at anything, but can definitely take all the touches if a team just decides they're going to do that. And he's a smaller version, Montgomery, but I – I wouldn't be shocked if Montgomery just like took over the backfield. It'd be definitely kind of weird, but it could happen. Whipped is entering his last year of his deal. There's the team and him are not really on the same page at all. He's very likely to be out of there in 2024. It would not shock me if they just were like, you know what? We're riding Dave Montgomery. We're borderline playoff team. We trust him. It could be like Fournette two years ago. I'll also say, I mean, not to get it too deep into Demont Nation here, uh, but we, we've never like seen him in a good offense. He's really never been behind a good offensive line. Bears' offensive line was terrible, but his entire rookie contract, like he is finally in an offense that isn't completely reliant on the running game. Maybe be more wide open, and just maybe his efficiency numbers will improve a lot because he was in a situation just that ripe for a running back inefficiency, and clearly he was part of that problem. But the setup will be much better. And it is a smart team, we think, that identified him as a fit for this offense. So maybe he, he could be someone who's really slept on and someone who will be much more efficient in 2023. Or maybe an asteroid will hit Earth. And, um, could be either one. We're looking into that one. That's Kyle, right. Demont you know Nation. I'm hoping for. Yeah, Kyle, real quick, any <laughs> Demont Nation thoughts? Come on, man. <laughs> the asteroid is my thoughts, I hope. Uh, you didn't have to no, I, I agree. Like He is like just good enough to where at some point I will do this myself. Like, of course, betting on DeAndre Swift didn't, you know, getting a bigger role didn't work for those people. Maybe it'll work for me, <laughs> even though it's probably not. Like the team has has very much through their actions, both in free agency, bringing Jamal Williams, now David Montgomery, and through their actions of how they allocated touches throughout the season, you know, like Crane said, giving meaningful third down snaps to Justin Jackson. They have signaled time and time and time again that they don't want DeAndre Swift to be more than like the electric right. 10 touches a game kind of guy. And I'm going to take them at their word at this point. So the I Lions, you know, uh, turn down your actions. They're giving me tinnitus. They're quite loud. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> can anyone get my, can anyone get the joke there? Actions louder than words. Their actions have been oh, very wow. loud with regards oh, to DeAndre Swift. <laughs> I got it, but uh, that was that was tough. That was yeah, tough. Well, at least give me a groan. Don't just sit in silence. Okay, uh, I, I do have one thing on the Jamal Williams role, if that's what we're gonna call it. I, I guess the Zoomers call it on TikTok, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, oh, I laughed way too hard at that. Um, <clears throat> Jamal Williams had uh, 28 rushing attempts inside the five yard line last year. That was eight more than anyone else. Uh, Jalen Hurts was was second with with 20. The next closest running back was Derrick Henry with 15. So that is quite the role. If Dave Montgomery can get, I don't know, 20 of those. Uh, you know, that might be an Amon Ross St. Brown stat, you know, maybe score Ooh. once in a while. Maybe that would, <laughs> it would be. I mean, it's also experience. DeAndre Swift stat. You know how many times I saw that dude oh, go down at the yeah. one, two, and three? I know. Oh. He I know. loved I, it. He it, was it, it would be fantastic if he could score one touchdown. Yeah, this, for once in your life, don't go down at the two-inch uh, line. Speaking of legendary upside, as we mentioned before, Rashad Penny to the Eagles, a guy who, when he's been healthy over the past two years, has averaged over six yards per carry in the boomer stats. In the advanced stats, his average yards over expected lapped the field in 2021 when he kind of broke out. I think his average yards over expected per next-gen stats was over two. No one else was over 1.57. Popped in the boomer stats, popped in the advanced stats. I mean, his whole career he's done that. He's – a born home run hitter, maybe the most dangerous home run hitter in the entire NFL. 
coming off a, a broken leg, uh, which is what she does love for running back. And that was just his latest serious injury, Patrick Crane. But so I kind of made the upside case and the downside case, put it into what I'm assuming will be very eloquent words from you on why this could be such an amazing fit with the Eagles and Rashad Finney. I mean, I do think, especially for a team like the Eagles, if you're going to bring in a, a running back and they've got him very cheaply, um, you want a guy who has the ceiling to add something to the offense. And I think he does. Yeah. Like, is he going to be healthy all year? Like almost certainly not. He struggled with injuries his entire career, but man, when he's out there and healthy, he's been so, so good on early downs. And this is a team that when they're passing, they're often passing downfield. Like the, I don't think the Eagles are all that worried about, you know, we have to have, you know, this pass catching ability at the running back position. First of all, they have Kenny Gainwell. He's a very solid third down back. What they really need is an early down hammer with explosive ability. And I mean, there's no one better available than Rashad Penny for that. I mean, I think it's an, a similar archetype to Miles Sanders, but but I think a more exciting one. So a more exciting player, I mean. So uh, yeah, Rashad Penny, I think was a really strong signing by the Eagles. I guess from a fantasy perspective, you, you do have to think, like I'm not a big injury prone guy, but you, you probably want to think a little bit about the fact that he's just he struggled so much coming off another major injury. But I mean, to me, you know, do you want Miles Sanders? Do you want Rashad Penny? Do you want David Montgomery? Of those three, like I think it's Penny for me. Oh, dude, it is so Penny. It's not even a I think. And I totally right. get that. Like he is totally uh, like I think throwing injury prone around for almost every player is like, that we say that probably wrong or at least we just don't have the level of data to support it because injuries are so fluky it's like when you know got drops you know one guy drops 12 passes in a year he's the drops guy then next year drops or say someone tears their patellar tendon celebrating in the world baseball classic as happened like that. On i saw that is that the the official injury it was so gonna be a long road back for edwin diaz and team puerto mm-hmm. rico mm-hmm. uh yeah but i think i think you can probably say for rashad penn injury prone i think that's probably a fair thing to say some players get injured more than others it's just hard to pin- pinpoint them i'm gonna say he is I just don't care. Over the past few years, like you said, in the Boomer stats, he leads the NFL in yards per carry. In advanced stats, the NFL in EPA per carry, rush yards over expected per carry, and yards after contact per carry. And I think at every one of those stats, he boat races the number two player. Like, it is just not close. He hits home runs at such a such a high clip. So I want my team, if I'm a fan of that team, to be absolutely firing shots on the guys who can be difference makers at a position where difference makers are kind of hard to come by. Like, like we talked about, David Montgomery does a lot of things well. He doesn't make a difference, or he does a lot of things. I don't know if he does them well. He doesn't make a difference in any of those. So if you're going to give a running back 150, 200 carries that are all between the 20s, give it to, to the dude who can get you to the five, get you to the 10, get it to the house. So I thought this was a great signing. And he costs like $1.3 million. He's like Vetman, I think, basically. He's he was, which upside. to me is almost a reason to temper expectations a little bit. He's only guaranteed $600,000. So it could be a kind of thing, like if he's not looking healthy in camp, maybe they won't hesitate to put him on the pup list, or maybe they just won't hesitate to cut him. Are you uh, saying he could get passed by a seventh-round pick and then do nothing? Because yeah, uh, I, so. I have been burned by that in the past. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it could happen. That, that is something to keep in mind with Rashad Penny. It's like there's a lot of variables here. $600,000 is – it's not nothing. Like you, you only guarantee $600,000 if you're expecting them to make your 53-man roster. But it's also like you can cut your, cut your losses with $600,000 guaranteed. And I wouldn't – 
He's and he's got to come out healthy this summer. If he's healthy, yeah. he will make the team. Shockingly low number. Wow. Yeah, yeah good it's point. Uh, pretty low. But it's a huge bargain if he comes out and oh, is like yeah. Eric Dickerson. And hey, but, we know. Look at the Eagles. It's our Eagles. All right, they're a bunch of analytics dorks evaluating players in there, and they saw the yards after you know the yards over expected per rush and all these other nerdy things we talk about, and they said we got to get that guy and we're going to sign him on the cheap. So good job, Eagles. I think I like Denny pretending to not know the name of the stat he wrote. (laughs) I think Miles Sanders per year is making more than the entire Eagles backfield right now. Scott Gainwell and uh, Penny. Yep, and one of those teams is a Super Bowl winning uh, franchise. Had just completed a rebuild after they tore down a 2017 Super Bowl team, and they've already rebuilt into a Super Bowl roster. It might be a slightly better organization than Carolina, just maybe slightly. And the theme with all these running back signings is like, it's all like connected. It's all the teams like that let the running backs go or signing other free agent running backs and not waiting for the draft running backs, of course, could be added in the draft for several of these teams. One of which is the saints who have added Jamal Williams to the Mark Ingram role, I guess is still known. And they were tired of the new Alvin Kamara role, which was him handling 20 touches per game. We're talking about efficiency cratering. They want to restore some semblance of balance and order to this backfield, what is there to say about Jamal Williams to the Saints, who even though he led the league in touchdowns last year, he didn't have far to fall from an efficiency perspective on the Packers. He was always kind of league average. He's now well below league average in terms of efficiency. Uh, what is there to say about Jamal Williams in New Orleans? Who wants to take the floor? I'm sure you're all just dying, I'm sure, to go first. On I think Jamal he's going to lead the league in watching Taysom Hill score touchdowns. Oh, <laughs> man. Is that a boomer stat or an advanced stat? <laughs> what part of that is a stat? What somehow it is both. Oh, no, it's the, a stat. Yeah, it's, the, uh, the best ball nerds love them. Some Taysom Hill, myself included. I draft him regularly. Oh, yikes! He's a tight yeah. end. He gets on, listed man. as a tight. Is he still listed as a tight end? Yes. He's what? still listed as. I know it's insane. I don't know why. <laughs> why? Yeah. If why? No idea. He, Rotopat's got to get on board the Taysom train, man. He's, he's not a tight end. He didn't play tight end ever in 2022. How is he still People are drafting tight, end? tight ends who literally don't have jobs. Right. Uh, and Over. I'm like, I'll take Taysom Hill. Right. <laughs> so in a 16-round draft, I'm assuming we're drafting Jamal Williams. But it, yeah, is there any way he can rise above like the 12th, 13th round, 4th, 5th running back status, Denny Carter? Um. I think so. Here, here's I, I guess the, the theory would be if people Ooh, the theory so that's smitten. always good. <laughs> if, <laughs> if people were so smitten with it's his 18 touchdowns or whatever he had last year in Detroit, then they're gonna say, Well, it's happening again. He's got the same Mark Ingram role, short yardage, goal line. He's gonna take all that stuff from Alvin Kamara. It's it's obviously it's good for Alvin Kamara because maybe they can finally get him back into a pass catching role not a grinding between the tackles role, which was one of the worst things to watch in recent uh, fantasy history. Uh, but I, no, I think, I think Jamal Williams will have some, some usefulness uh, for, for folks who maybe fade running backs early and are just, are just looking to pick up some, some guys who could get you there, who could uh, help you bide your time uh, on the waiver wire. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not totally out on Jamal Williams. I think one interesting thing will be we're, Probably no, no guarantees. We're probably looking towards a, a decent Alvin Kamara suspension based on the Las Vegas incident yeah. from not yeah. this past Pro Bowl, but one Pro Bowl before that. It looks like that's getting kicked into this year pretty likely. And we've seen this team 
has been very comfortable just letting any random dude play the Alvin Kamara plus the Mark Ingram role for brief stretches of time. We saw it with Tavis Murray. We saw it with Mark Ingram. And Jamal Williams is a fine passer. Tony Jones erasure. Tony Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal Williams was a fine passer. He wasn't last year, but that's the opposite of how he was used. In Green Bay, he was actually fine at it. It wasn't his specialty by any means, but he had at least 200 receiving yards in every season in Green Bay, at least 200 routes and all the career yards per route run of 1.1 before joining Detroit. Those are like average numbers. They're fine. And it's not like Latavius Murray was coming in as this specialized pass catcher who can also run the ball. He was also kind of just a guy. So was Mark Ingram. But they had a role in that offense that demanded a pass catching running back. So they made those guys do that. And Jamal Williams is probably better than those guys at catching passes. He's nowhere near Alvin Kamara, but neither were those guys when they went out and got nine catches in a two-game stretch, you know, 80 yards in a two-game stretch through the air alone. And Jamal Williams is, in fact, an incredible pass blocker. He's ranked in the past six years. He's ranked as a non-top 12 pass blocker per PFF among all running backs a single time. He has more times ranking as a top two pass blocker than he has a non-top 12 pass blocker. So he is he's kind of what we say about Dave Montgomery. He can do a lot of stuff. And I actually think he does a lot of those things better than Dave Montgomery. Not by a large amount, but enough that if Alvin Kamara got suspended for four five games those would be more than that that. isn't it gonna be more i think it's gonna be like six probably uh no clue or maybe yeah it really really depends the league is starting kind of making it up more as they go along with those numbers as evidenced by the but even still like you could get four like rb1 games like the role latavius and marking were playing for those games you locked them in for rb1 they were legit like 25 touch games so even if he is a super bland and doesn't even get the goal line work necessarily because Alvin Kamara is a, a pretty strong goal line option, especially because of his utility. Even if it's just five, four games of playing that role, that is really valuable. Even if on the other games, you're not starting him. What Kyle's saying in best ball uh, parlance is that <laughs> Jamal Williams will be a high advance rate player, but a low uh, playoff advance rate player. Uh, but I actually think if you're, I'm joking, but, no, you're not. not really. No, I'm not. <laughs> you're that not is joking. actually what it'll be. Yeah. But I do think he's pretty intriguing going right now in the 10th the round if you are doing zero running back builds because, you know, you can get a guy who's probably going to score a lot of points early on. This is a, a pretty deep rookie running back class. There's plenty of names you can tack on really late in, in drafts. Chase Brown, who I think, you know, he's been moving up boards because it looks like he's going to get better draft position. Um, Devin A. Chain goes around pick 150. There's lots of guys that you can take kind of flyers on for more later season production. So even if you just assume that Williams is an early season guy, he is priced at a level where that can be pretty helpful in certain builds. And Crane, you just kind of had an interesting point with all these back. I think like the Eagles could still draft a back. I definitely think the Saints could draft a back. And for sure, with a lot of even these first wave running backs in free agency, they're still in danger of drafting a back. I think that could happen with the next guy we're talking about, Samaji Pirine, a two year deal with the Broncos, which is definitely an eyebrow raiser because Sean Payton, I mean, he used to have like the Pierre Thomas role. Like, his he, he like has like the Austin Eckler role like his he always has a preferred pass catching back like I mean I meant like a role type like an Austin Eckler type role he's never coached Austin Eckler but there has always been a pass catching back from the Sean Payton offense Samaji Pirine is a pass catching back Javante Williams is coming back from a really severe knee injury more than a normal torn ACL no idea if he'll be ready for Week One no idea if someone else will be added in the draft by the Broncos but. Because is, is there anything definitive to say on Samaji Pirine right now? 
Or I mean, I guess you have to come up with something definitive if you're already drafting in best ball. Someone who has I'm some IGP Ryan thoughts. Denny has some IGP Ryan thoughts. He has he has first of all, most importantly, he has that dog. He okay? does have lots of dog in him. And and we we cannot discount that and how it will appeal to Sean Payton. Uh uh P Ryan P Ryan was was pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. Uh, per per the metrics, when he was uh, the lead back for the Bengals last year, when Joe Mixon was out, uh, he was better than Mixon. Let's just just put it that way. Uh, and and um, you know, with with Jamal, I'm sorry, with uh, what's what's his name? Javante <laughs> so, Williams. Javante Williams got Jamal on the mind. Uh, with Javante Williams, you know, maybe missing a significant portion of the season. We've heard some reports that say most of the season. Um, I, I P Ryan strikes me as Something, someone who should be really interesting right now. Like if you're drafting best ball, I don't know. Crane, am I off base here? I don't think so. I mean, he's, he's going after pick 150. He'll, he'll probably move up, but right where his ADP is now, I mean, it's it's a pretty nice play. It's a similar play to the Jamal Williams uh, type of thing where it's more early season. But I don't know. The, the Javante Williams thing has been like pretty concerning. I feel like you either get everything's going great ahead of schedule you know, expect him back for training camp or you don't get that. And it's really worrying. Like we got with yeah. JK Dobbins, you know, and look, I mean, I don't know the, the intricacies of this, but I think it's, it's a major injury still an ACL tear. And it seems like there is a bit of a range of outcomes with the recovery. Sometimes the recovery is like way better kind of miracles of modern science type of thing. But sometimes it really, it does still take a while. So I wouldn't, take the reports lightly on Javante Williams because generally things are overly positive from teams and stuff. Generally we're hearing, you know, Oh, everything's me fine. Everything's me fine. Oh, it'd actually be another couple of weeks. So if we're already hearing like he could miss significant time, then Piran could have a pretty big role for much of the year. Real quick. Another small, it's my opinion. was under the radar. This one's kind of under the radar. James Robinson to the Patriots, kind of a head scratcher, a two year deal. We'll just, quickly from all three of you is it good or bad for Ramondre Stevenson if James Robinson is his backup do we th- or do we think it's a, si- a vote of confidence in Ramondre Stevenson or is James Robinson the ki- kind of player who has so much dog in him that Bill Belichick's going to be head over heels uh, Patrick Crane I think it's good for Ramondre yeah. uh, someone's got to take snaps um, I actually think Pierre Strong and, and Kevin Harris look pretty interesting and James Robinson looked very, very poor last year. Now maybe he, he comes back stronger with another year off the Achilles, but um, uh, I don't think that he's—he didn't look like at all like he was going to be a challenge to Ramondre. So we all think it's as good. I, think. I mean, if yeah, if, this is like uh, the unless, best possible outcome, right? Because we saw last year, it doesn't really look like the NFL has much value on James Robinson. He was traded for what ultimately was a six-round pick. He was healthy, scratched by the team that traded for him. And frankly, I think everyone was surprised to see him get two years. I think what you said, eight mil, right? Eight this is up to, up to eight. Mil. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely one of the, you know, when we get the details, oh, it wasn't eight mil. It was four. And it's a one year, $1.25 million contract, <laughs> basically. He's, yeah, exactly. So this, this is the type of player, if you like Ramondre, which I think some of us might like Ramondre around these parts. You want this type of player who, sure, he'll probably get like seven, eight carries a game at a minimum because they clearly don't want to give Ramondre 30 touches. They have a lot of touches in their backfield to go around. And they're not all going to one guy. 
you want the guy they're going to to not be Ramondre to be just a guy. You just want him to take some carries first and 10 on the 50, and that's about it. And I think that's exactly what James Robinson projects for. I mean, uh, unless James Robinson has made like a lot of progress with, you know, the injury that he was coming back from last year and, you know, maybe he has, and maybe the Patriots are privy to that. And that's why they gave him this, you know, seem well, it's going to be incentive laden, but still, I mean, like a little bit of an eye opening contract. So maybe that's the case. And if that's the case, then it's probably not the best development for Ramondre, but I do, I do believe in Ramondre as, as like a staple of this offense going forward, and I, and I think he he showed it in in every way last year. BB loves running back, so he could have invested in someone much more dangerous than James Robinson. I do think it's a good sign. Sorry, Crane. What happened to Damian Harris? He's been uh, disappeared. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. I don't know why the Chargers haven't signed him yet. Yeah, that'd be a great signing. It would be a great – I think my theory on Damian Harris is the league views him as maybe one of those guys who just got chewed up over the course of his rookie contract. Mm-hmm. It could be one of those guys that the NFL treats really, really unfairly and you know had a lot of mileage taken off him just during his first four years in the league. And he could be someone who's already just kind of like viewed as like a year-to-year guy. Maybe not even someone yeah, like, you want to guarantee any money to in 2020. You know who you could say that about, though? Like Rashad Penny. You could have said that about Deonta Foreman going into this past year. James Robinson. So they're just I, waiting to give him like no money, like no guarantee. That was sort money. of the the take on James Conner, you know, after his yeah. time with the Steelers. I feel like he could – I think Harris could have kind of a Conner-like – doesn't catch passes quite as well, but – could be a guy or who, at all, but or at all, <laughs> he could be a guy who goes somewhere and just like establishes himself as the guy. I think he's really interesting. We haven't, I don't, as far as I know, we haven't even really had any rumors on him. No, um, we'll talk about Damian Harris next week when he signs. Go to we'll Miami, be, dude. Just, we'll be, just uh, take the backfield over in Miami. We'll be right back after this to talk some quarterbacks. New MLB season, new rules, new stars. So pair it with the Roto World Baseball Draft Guide. Get all the player profiles, rankings, and projections you need to hit your draft out of the park. Go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash draft guide and use promo code PENNIT25 to save 25% at checkout. That is promo, promo code PENNANT25 to save 25% at checkout. And of course, do not forget to download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players in your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It is available in your app store today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Yep, good stuff. And again, check out our mock draft on our YouTube page that I, I rocked. I haven't actually checked out what my grade was. They graded our drafts. I need to look that up. Um, better be oh, at least it. A B plus at least. I don't give any of these quarterback signings a B plus, just to be <laughs> honest. Uh, we'll begin with Jacoby Brissett and the Commanders, which is perfectly fine if you were like draft a quarterback. But I think they're pairing him with Sam Howell. I think they're like actually serious about doing this. And Crane, this is something you and I were talking about a lot. Like uh, I, I was like very worried they were going to trap themselves into starting Sam Howell. But so I don't think they're trapping themselves. I think they're just like loving it. And what are our thoughts on Jacoby Brissett signing with Washington Commanders? Because I just feel like this is a team that does not understand itself or its 53-man roster. Like, it, w- it wasn't time to go mid. It was either time <laughs> to go big or to, like, kind of, like, tear down or, like, draft a quarterback. And I just don't think they're going to draft a quarterback now. What do you think? I don't think they are either. And I don't, I don't understand what's happening at all. I don't understand why Eric Bieniemy went there. Like, Eric Bieniemy has been tied to Patrick Mahomes – and you know, obviously, he hasn't been got. He hasn't been given the, the head coaching opportunity that I think many expected him to get a couple of years ago. And so, you go to Washington. This is where you're going to prove yourself. Like this, I mean, the most likely scenario is that everybody's out after this year, right? You're going into the season yeah. with Brissett and Howell. Like, obviously, they could surprise. It could be a fun year, but most likely, like this is not. Most likely, Howell is not going to look that. Good. He's going to struggle. Brissett's going to be good enough to where the coaches are going to be like, we got to go with the guy who we know we can do something with. But he's going to be Ron Rivera, Brissett. the guy who, yeah, if he has a Brissett in his holster, is going to willingly hitch his wagon to Sam. Exactly. Howell. They didn't even play Sam Howell when they had Heineke. I mean, they're mm-hmm. hitching their wagon to Howell after not even looking at him last year because they yep. felt like, no, we can't not play Heineke. Well, I, I don't I don't know if you could say hitching, hitching their wagon because Ron Rivera has taken at least two opportunities to say, Sam Howell never heard of him. <laughs> like yeah, yes he is on the roster yes you are correct about that but we, he, he looked at a piece of paper like, oh, you yeah, know yeah, uh I, I i will say look sam how is stepping into the patrick mahomes role in in bnb's offense and you oh guys are not God, even, even as a role. bit you're not allowed to come on <laughs> I love that. That's so good. That's <laughs> well, I know I know Rotopad is completely out on Sam Howell. And I'm yeah, I, come on, sorry, any of you in on Howell? I, I know there are a lot of I'm, people who I'm are. not completely out. Look, you're you're talking about this is a guy who if he had come out of college one year earlier, he would have been a top five pick. But then he didn't, and we realized he was bad. Well, he lost everything. <laughs> he should have done that. It was yeah, a he should have done to. that. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm. I'm not. I'm not dismissed. Yes, obviously, Jacoby Brissett's going to start ten games. Like, there's no way around that. Yeah. Is is Sam Howell draftable? Brissett is going to be starting by the end of the year, right? So what's the point? I mean, they're going to yank if 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 Howell beats out Jacoby Brissett in the preseason, they're going to yank that kid so quickly. Like he's gonna throw one dumb pass over the yeah. middle. It's gonna be picked off, and Rivera is gonna be like, "You're off. You're out. Get out." Of here. There's there, there are some coaching staffs that would have rigged it in favor of Howell. I yes, do think that, yes. that yeah, Ron Rivera is conservative enough where he's gonna be rigging it in favor of Brissett. Yeah, right. And that's really what the problem is. Is it's a bad plan no matter who the coaching staff is, but it just feels like a particularly bad plan with this coaching staff who 
are not going to shoot for upside when that's really all they have to gain at this point. Cause it's not a good enough roster to just get a grinder in there like Jacoby Brissett and go 11 and six and make the playoffs. They are going to be a brutal team to watch. They're going to be just yeah. grinding it away. And <laughs> it's going to be like, you know, they're going, they're, they're hoping, Oh man, if we get to eight wins, it's going to be a great year. <laughs> hey, they made the playoffs with seven and nine. It, that's a good formula. It's worked. Yeah, it's an improvement. It's an yeah, improvement. It's worked around here. Yeah, the problem with this signing isn't that Jacoby Brissett is terrible. No, he's pretty all solid. right. He's he's solid. Like he was he was yeah, top ten problem. in EPA per play. He was third in CPOE last year. I think the coaching in Cleveland was pretty strong and helped him out. But even if he was like a league average quarterback, sans that good coaching, that's the opposite of what Washington needs. And which is why you said there are no even plus signings amongst this uh, quarterback crew. Oh no 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 no! There is an A plus signing. Baker Mayfield, because they're doing the thing we're making fun of Washington. They're going for broke. And I don't mean they're going big or going home. They're just going home. And that's what <laughs> they need to do. Like, that's what most home. of these teams need to do is like Baker was terrible last year. And when he got to uh, LA, he improved to still very bad. So the yeah. answer is either Kyle Trask, who, if by some miracle, Kyle Trask turns out to be good, big win, obviously. If he turns out to be bad, Baker is also probably bad. That's you're positioning yourself to get a good quarterback in a year. And the Washington is doing the opposite. They're trying to center their distribution of outcomes around the 11th overall pick. Terrible strategy. You're being way too kind to Tampa Bay, who could have done one of the funniest, greatest moves ever and brought back Jameis Winston. After Tom Brady leaves you, bring back Jameis. You have him chuck deep balls to Mike Evans and you get a high draft pick. It would have been awesome. No, no, too good. Jameis, too good. Pick up where you left off. Uh, we're already kind of talking Baker real quick on Sam Howell slash Jacoby Brissett. I mean, does this even really affect anything with the commander skill core? Because I guess we're already used to Terry McLaurin having no good quarterbacks or Jahan Dotson not having a quarterback. So it doesn't really change good. the calculus that much, does it? Jacoby Brissett is better than any quarterback they've started since. That's I true. When? I don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, like Alex Drawing Smith wasn't good when he played there, right? No, yeah. Alex Smith had like he averaged like four point two yards per. Yeah, Kirk really, Cousins. The answer yeah. is Kirk Cousins. He's the best quarterback they'll start since Kirk oh, Cousins. Oh, captain, my captain. I think that's <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Taylor Heineke, twenty eighth in EPA per play last year. Carson Wentz, thirty first. Uh, Sam Howell on the practice field, presumably playing worse than those guys. <laughs> so if you bring in Jacoby Brissett, who was tenth, I think that's a pretty now you know he probably won't play quite that well. But like to Kyle's point, if you get average quarterback play from Jacoby Brissett, which is plausible, if you get Andy Dalton level play, he's 21st, that's mm-hmm. an improvement over Taylor Heineke and, and Carson Wentz last year. So I think it's pretty good for McLaurin. He actually breathed some life into Donovan Peoples-Jones in Cleveland. Jacoby Brissett had a pretty good connection with Amari Cooper. So yeah, yeah actually it is good news. Baker with the Bucks. I mean – is Mike Evans going to be on this team in week one? I kind of feel like he's not going to. I I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, I can't imagine it. I feel horrible. like he's going to be a draft week trade. But, Sorry, but yeah, please. they got to get they got to get what they can get for him. And and he doesn't want to play there. Come no. On. no, no, he's no, no. he's way like on the other side of of his career on the second half of his career. And and uh, and he knows that like big running back, uh, big receivers don't age well. He might he might have a year or two left of like like prime production. He's not going to waste it catching passes from mm-hmm. Kyle Trask and Baker Mayfield. Mayfield was the worst quarterback in the NFL last year. I can't he actually was. 
by EPA so per play and I think completion percentage over. Well, you have to you have to <laughs> set the attempt limit higher than Malik Willis's. Yeah, you got to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's it, a special it, case. It, it depends on how you do the spreadsheet, but, but trust yeah. me, Mayfield was bad. <laughs> I know. I mentioned I mentioned this earlier too, and I was like, well, he got better with the Rams, right? And like he did in the final <laughs> uh, six weeks yeah. or whatever it was, weeks fourteen onward, he was like twenty second of twenty five quarterbacks. He went from like. Basement, basement to the first step, working his way out of the basement. Yeah, yeah. But Which, then, like, yeah, the Rams was weird because the, they had no supporting cast whatsoever. But that's the only way Baker Mayfield will succeed is if he is with like a Sean McVay and uh, brother. Mm-hmm. He is not. <laughs> but like I think that what the Bucks are doing are smart. They're eating so much dead money from the Brady contract, like thirty some million, I think, this year. But it's gone. It's gone after that, right? So they're in a position to almost certainly lose a lot of games and reset next year and they have like a pretty aging roster but like that's the time when you want to reset they did the run to the super bowl and then they tried to run it back didn't really work and now they're pressing the reset button pretty obviously like they're a classic tanking team in that we see a lot of these tanking teams have a young unlikely to succeed quarterback and then they bring in a veteran who will also probably be bad and ensures them an upcoming top pick and they've probably done that correctly it's gonna be ugly but like I think teams should be planning over the long term to pick 32nd or first, and they're doing one of those. Real quick, Thursday, Taylor Heineke said he was planning to back up Desmond Ritter, which was maybe the lowest T thing I've ever heard a quarterback say. Well, that they are planning to back up Desmond Ritter. Do either one of us, do any of us think either of these guys are actually the week one starter? Please tell me they're going to draft somebody. No, I don't think they no, are. I don't, I don't think, think they so. are. Why? Um, uh, well, Why? remember Taylor Heineke is the guy who stepped aside so that Sam Howe could start Week 18 against Dallas. Yeah. Like he he said, he I mean he was a better coach than than Ron Rivera, and he said, look, it's time for the rookie to get in there and, <laughs> and let's see what he has. So I you know that goes along with him saying I'm I'm backup guys. I I actually think Ritter is bad enough where Heineke is going to end up starting. Well, I, oh, yeah, yeah. I think Taylor Heineke is smart enough to know that the best chance of him seeing significant playing time this year is that the coaches get a nice long look at Ritter. <laughs> you, you get him in there. <laughs> That's true. I think that absolutely is true. I think Ritter is just he's just robotic. I just don't think he moves yeah. well enough. Like <clears throat> processes quick enough. And he's just like when I look at him, I see, see stiffness. He's very, very, very stiff just in everything he does. And man, we got to get someone else in there for Drake London and Kyle Pitts, is all I can say. They they, they got to add to this quarterback room. And I have a really bad feeling that they're not. And- they're not. We're, we're locking in three quarterbacks, top four. There's no way around that. Then there are three teams ahead of them that could take a quarterback. And it's arguable that the fourth quarterback that they would be taking is not worthy of the number eight pick. That's probably Will Levis. I think you maybe make the same argument for Anthony Richardson, oh, I, though his combine is so good. I think Levis is pretty a pretty shaky prospect. I would be delighted if the Falcons had him in there over Desmond Ritter. <laughs> I, I I think he's a much the upside for the offense would be much higher. There's at least upside, but Crane they would just it would be totally. I think it'd be even more run based than it was last year. Levis's rookie year. 
It is just basically darkness. I don't know they can go more. And, I think they may have found the, the yeah, lower you, Maybe they did find but bottom. Point I'm making, though, is I don't think they're really considering quarterback at this point. It's clear that they're, at best, getting the fourth-best quarterback, and that's even maybe a long shot because there are three teams right ahead of them that could take quarterback plus teams moving up. So quarterback is unlikely there, and if they're not getting a first-rounder, they're playing for next year. So yeah, it, it is like this at, is who you're working with. It is like, at best, the Falcons could get the third-best quarterback, and even fourth. that they're is, not. I don't think they're not getting three. Well, they'd have to get the third pick. Is they'd have to trade up with Arizona. That's the only way they're even getting the third best quarterback. So yeah, it's it's pretty long shot scenario, I guess, that they're upgrading a quarterback. So why yikes, Taylor Heineke, <laughs> low T says he's backing up Desmond Ritter, and he plays so high T. How can he be so low T? Because he's oh, he's smart, man. He knows what I he's doing. He Maybe smart, he doesn't know yeah. what he's doing. Yeah, wide receiver. I wish we had more to talk about. There's just not much to talk about here, but. Like the head of the market was Jacoby Myers and Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster has replaced Jacoby Myers in New England. They signed the same deal. Very, very odd. It's like the Patriots just chose Juju Smith-Schuster over Jacoby Myers, which is not like the Patriots. They usually like continuity. That deal was a wait till the details get released. It's not the same deal. It's uh, that one ended up coming into it looks like uh, three years, twenty five and a half million, and up to thirty three. Whereas Jacoby Myers, I think just the base value okay. is thirty three. Also, a lot less. Well, a lot five million less guaranteed for Juju. So okay. he could, if he outperforms the base level of his contract, he could be on the Jacoby Myers deal. And I think if he outperforms who we think we saw last year. He would then be Jacoby Myers, maybe. So I think those things kind of line up. So what's the deal here with Jacoby Myers? Um, when Hunter Renfro is still on the roster, Darren Waller is not on the roster. Devonte Adams, Mister Target Share himself, is still on the roster. I mean, do we even understand this move? Like, is this about like getting Devonte Adams on the outside? Which I just don't really quite know why that would be the plan for Devonte Adams as he ages and is so so dominant when allowed to mostly work over the middle. I, is this is this just a coach out of ideas like hey, Jacoby Myers? I coach that guy. Let's sign him. True. Yeah, is that I, really? I, I think that's is. what yeah. it comes down to a lot of times. Is like I know that guy. Yeah, yeah I've Just seen that him. guy. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. Give him a briefcase full of money. Right. Uh, I mean, this is this is what does this even do? Like, is he going to have wide receiver three value? No, right. Uh, I don't like, think so. Look, like I think we can all kind of agree <laughs> that. With our eyes and with maybe the history of data we have, Derek Carr is probably better than Jimmy Garoppolo, right? He is. Do I you feel that way? Is. I actually do feel that way, which I hate yeah. to admit. I do feel that way. I think Derek Carr is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow. Even all and the- Derek Carr was not good in, in this Josh McDaniel system last year. He just like <clears throat> he just particularly wasn't. He was inaccurate. He was like middle of the road in EPA. So we're getting less than that. We are not getting a lot of targets because Devontae is that dude. He is gonna get targets. Like Wide receiver three value feels even optimistic, and he's not a touchdown score. I know these things are random, no. but trust me, this dude is not a touchdown score. No. So, I like, yeah, why I wouldn't take him as wide receiver three, I wouldn't even consider it. You know, what it reminds me a little of is uh, when Jarvis Landry signed with the Saints, yeah, you know? yeah it's kind of it like, well, does, he's not, yeah. he's still like good, I guess, and it's like, but how does this work? And it's gonna be a low <laughs> volume team, and like they have. You know, we weren't sure with Michael Thomas when they draft Chris Olave and he emerged very quickly as the top guy. So I don't know. I mean, I don't really see how Jacoby Myers is like getting enough targets to matter. And his whole thing is that he's able to get targets at a high rate. He's not particularly explosive at all. Doesn't score touchdowns, Kyle Point. I mean, that that is clearly a problem. Also, it's a problem because Devontae Adams does. 
So it's just like, I don't, I don't really, I was kind of into Jacoby Myers a little bit. Like the wide receiver gets really barren around, you know, the end around nine and he was kind of around there. He's a guy that I was actually taking a little bit of, but I, I don't like this, this fit. Um, and I mean, Hunter Renfro's like fine. Are they, are they going to yeah. never play him? Is, is I think Jacoby they think Myers he's not durable. Yeah, I think they just like don't believe in his durability and are maybe going to trade or cut him. I, I mean, they're not going to cut him. Even, make no even last year when he was healthy, he left the field on two wide sets. He didn't. He only played in three wide. So they're going to have Jacoby playing outside and Renfro in the slot. I don't like that. Three wide. I don't no, want Jacoby I don't, outside. I don't, <laughs> no, no. Jacoby actually no, had no. a better yards per route run from the outside last year. I still think more stylistically he would fit as a as a slot guy, but I'm almost positive that's what they'll end up doing, you know, because they're going to keep, it looks like they're going to keep Hunter Renfro. They can't really move on from him. So he'll move into the slot in three wide, and they'll probably have to play a ton of three wide uh, because they don't have an elite tight end anymore. So, well, Devonta Adams forced a trade challenge. You go crazy. Please, <laughs> this is where Levis could end up too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. man, is that good or bad? I think it's bad for Myers. <laughs> I, you know? I think that one's bad. I think that one's bad. Levis, <laughs> you feel bad. better about the upside of him beating out Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke. I'm not a Jimmy guy, but Jimmy is better than those guys. He is. Anyone have anything to say about Juju Smith-Schuster and? New England, he was barely a wide receiver three with uh, checks, notes. Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't get like <laughs> where we're supposed to find like the upside for Juju. No. He, he had a uh, so his yards per route run uh, increased by a lot uh, from twenty twenty one to twenty twenty two, but it still was only one point seven seven. So it's it's not it's not exactly super high. It is higher than any time since his. Uh, 28 breakout, you know, big 2018 season. So he has that going for him, which obviously is nice. But uh, I just don't think anything anything suggests that he's going to be anything more than like, um, you know, short area pass catcher. Two of his, uh, what was it? Two of his 120 targets last year were of. Uh, That's fake news. There's no way he had that many targets. My God. <laughs> what was it? I, I, I had the stat a second ago. Anyway. Sorry, <laughs> inside the five, inside the ten, something he, like that. He only, had, he only he had, go deep. He only had two targets of over twenty yards last year. So he's not. He's wow. just that. That's not in his arsenal. That was with Patrick anymore. Mahomes. Uh, yeah, that, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't do down the field. So, or no, we're talking about the the, the Patriots. About Mac Jones. <laughs> Mac Jones sort of does down the field. Uh, Bailey Zappi does down the field. Let's get that guy. Oh on my there. god! Oh, yeah, we could do that. A lot of groans. I yeah. know we are. This is a groan. This is a collective groan. Yep. No, no meat left on the bone, Juju. I think is what we're getting at. Yes. There isn't. And I like, you know, this is this is the collection of kind of like free agent misfits, right? Like there's uh Nelson Aguilar still under contract there, right? Am I wrong I about that? I think Devontae Parker, I think, is still, still under there. Contract. He is. And uh I mean, they're just gonna be rotating those dudes. They're gonna have Taekwon Thornton. Kenny Bourne uh, is still in the roster. And Kendrick Bourne, that's the other guy. He's a slot guy. So it's like, does Juju even have – is Juju better than Kendrick Bourne? And the answer is no. He's so, not, but Bill Belichick does not like Kendrick Bourne. He does not like Kendrick Bourne. But I think Bourne might be able to to work into the offense more than he was able to last year because Myers was so clearly their, their best receiver. I don't think that will be like all that clear with Juju. He might be their best receiver, but he, he definitely might not be as well. 
Man, they should have just not. They should have let Jacoby Myers walk if they didn't like him, and then just not signed anybody. I mean, I don't understand this at all because they have. So we're so we're not flamed in the comments. Uh, Aguilar is a free agent. He's a free agent. Right. Yeah, whatever. Parker's you know, a free agent. My argument's really going to take it. You know, he's not a free know, agent know, anymore. Like by the way, is Darius Slayton back to the Giants on a two-year deal? This really? not a whole lot to say there. I mean, we've already seen what uh, he does not have with Daniel Jones, and that is chemistry. Um, with either coaching staff. Uh, I feel like he's a good real-life player that I wish had this ended up with a better quarterback. He ended up with a good coordinator, finally. But uh, Darius Slayton, back to the Giants. Alan Lazard at the Jets, that's just kind of like this, like the classic. All it does is like ruin other people's value and not like really create his is own Is he value. even good enough to like ding Garrett Wilson's value? Maybe, because like, Aaron Rodgers might... talks about him like he's like Gandhi. Um, he might help his value when... Uh, Elijah Moore is included in the trade. That would be be funny after they trade for a receiver in the Rodgers deal. That's the first time they go out and get a receiver. (laughs) That would be so good. I mean, that's a reason to do it. You know what I mean? That's (laughs) a real reason to do it. (laughs) Just twist the screw one more time. I mean, say what you will about Aaron Rodgers, and I have said what I will about him, but but, uh, uh, he looks out for his buddies. And, uh, you know, he, so he's, he's bringing the gang to New York for a nice little year of, of Jets football. And uh, that includes, you know, a guy who he just loves. Who la- Remember la- last preseason, he said, yeah, yeah, L- L- Lazard is our top receiver. He's our wide receiver one, obviously. And we were all aghast. Wait, what? No, can't be. But it is. It's true. I'm not saying Garrett Wilson is not going to do well. It's not like, like he's not going to be a disaster for fantasy. But I, I do think that there is something to Aaron Rodgers – having his guys and not saying a peep about Garrett Wilson and ascending possibly superstar in the NFL. It is true, you know, but he, he, Aaron Rodgers does what he needs to serve himself and he'll probably find out pretty quickly. Oh yeah. I should probably be passing to Garrett. Yeah. Wilson. He did that. with. I Christian mean, we eventually Watson. saw that with Christian Watson, right? Yes, like he right. eventually was willing to just bomb it to Christian Watson, even though what the first, the first ever target to Christian Watson was one of the all-time funniest drops I've ever seen because of the context of being Aaron Rodgers, the, the new rookie, right? Yeah. Uh, m- one of the best comedic moments of the last season. Uh, but eventually, his talent was able to shine through very clearly. And I am even more confident that Garrett Wilson's talent will shine through despite having Alan Lazard on the team. For sure. I, I think, you know, you got to give Alan Lazard credit for what he does. He He's used in line, you know, a lot more than the typical receiver. Maybe maybe helps with blocking. You know, it's going to be a team that runs a lot, even if they, you know, when they get Rodgers, presumably. Um, also, Alan Lazard does lead the league in great hangs over expected. <laughs> got to give him that. <laughs> uh, it does ever. Actually, no, we know who, who even more is Randall Cobb. Um Randall Cobb must be one hell of a hang. Uh, great hang. He didn't, he, didn't hang he didn't hang enough to meet the the threshold. Actually, Crane set it just higher than that's that. That's true. Right? You gotta set the slider higher. That's gonna be on your new site, right, Crane? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a new uh, metric uh, I'm debuting. Yeah. Legendary upside. <laughs> so, and hopefully, the slider goes to ten targets or whatever, ten hangs. Ten, ten, hang. ten hangs. Yeah, ten hangs. It needs to go low. That's a lot of great hangs. I will say. Yeah, ten hangs is a lot of good hangs. That's, that's one a lot every. Of good hangs. I've won every thirty-five days. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, if you get 10 good hangs out of someone in a year, they're a good friend. If you get 10 good podcasts out of a podcast in a year, that's not this show because it's way more than that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, way, way, Great way shows more. over expected. Way more. Exactly. Than uh, we have what, about 100 shows a year, probably. And no, we, have, we go three in the summer. No, yeah, we got way more than 100 shows per year. 
and you get like 120 really good ones, maybe like two bad ones. Name the two bad ones. <laughs> yeah, two to four bad ones. Probably this was not it. Sadly, was it for Pat Corain? But yeah, he's not going anywhere. Check him out at Pat Corain on Twitter, where you can find all the information on his new endeavors. And yeah, you know, keep following Roto World and NBC Sports Edge because man, we have been busy this week. Every signing has been blurbed up. Got some articles coming. Still stuff going down. So keep it locked to the site. Uh, any final words from anybody, uh, Pat? <laughs> I miss you guys. I miss the Roto World Football Show. It's been a highlight. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah, real we'll busy, man. Yeah, gonna be a real bummer without you. And uh, on that note, yeah, I mean, at least Mizzou won, though. So uh, we got we that. that yeah, we can it. hang our hat on that. Is anyone ever going to say anything? Anyone going to say anything to me about it? Um, congrats, no, no, Pat. I'm just uh, really weighing the <laughs> congrats, options of Pat. losing. <laughs> Pat sitting there in his Mizzou shirt going, yeah. 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 I, I the, knew, didn't hey, see the Buckeyes in that tournament, Kyle. I, I, ooh, hey, ooh. all right. Uh are we in the NIT or whatever the whatever that one was called? <laughs> Probably in the CBI. What were you saying, Denny? You're making I, that I knew, one. Up. You're making Pat, that one up. I, I knew Rotopat was taking that game seriously because I was texting him during the game and he was not responding. So I thought, <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's sitting there and he's he's hunched over with the, his his face is within six inches of the TV screen. He's grinding this game. I actually did get with right within the TV screen several times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm one of those people. I get up and I was kind of pacing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what you have to do. You got. I know you do that. We've talked about this before, Crane. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a UNC fan, so that was rough. And then oh, my mom went right. to UVA, so the you know not not Ooh. the best. Uh, yeah. And uh, those were the teams I selected in Omni Fantasy as well. You know, because I just picked teams I was rooting for. So you know, not going to be a good year in Omni for me. So <laughs> please sign up for my site. <laughs> Man, you guys have not seen the play that UVA lost on yet. Oh. God. Just say they threw a hail mary and it connected, but not with who they thought. I mean, so. it was a it was a Jacoby Meyer pass backwards to Mac Jones. That's it what was, it was. Is it it was, really that bad? It was oh, bad. Man. It was oh, really bad. Kyle. Our hearts go out to the young man. Um, they actually yeah. do. It was really sad. Oh. Um, but so, hopefully, a lot more great tourney ahead of us. A lot more Roro football show. A lot more Pat Crane for Pat Crane for Denny Carter for Kyle Dvorak. I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.